You're listening to After Hours by Red Compass Labs, the podcast where the best and brightest of the financial services industry let their hair down, unbutton their collars, and share what they really think about payments. Let's kick things off. I'm joined today by Jessica Ramos, who is the Head of Regulatory and Financial Affairs at the Euro Banking Association Clearing. Um, so great to have you on here. Obviously, there's a lot that's happening in payment. I know, yeah. It's a busy time. <laughs> busy time. And actually recording this the day after the instant payments regulation. So exciting times here in Brussels. Um, but obviously, one of the, the big trends has been around fraud and fraud prevention. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, can you tell us a little bit about kind of the trends that you're seeing in, in fraud and how is yeah. that evolving? Yeah, so... Um, so EBA Clearing is providing payment systems in the retail space and also in wholesale. And we, we cover uh, a lot of SEPA. So basically, we have full reach in our systems in SEPA. And uh, we process about 20 billion transactions per average uh, on a yearly basis. And so we see a lot of that data. There's also the Euro, uh, the European Banking Authority who issued uh, the Consumer Trends Report recently, and they were very specific about unauthorized payment transactions being the biggest issue that uh, the national competent authorities are raising. And so you see these types of unauthorized payment uh, transactions. It's basically when consumers are um, targeted by fraudsters and they they give their their data either by phishing like text or emails or they get calls and and they're forced to give their um, their banking data mm-hmm. and 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 fall victim to fraud and so um we do see that uh, for example when anal- analyzing our retail payments data we we can see that there's a higher recall um for fraud reason in in instant payments for example than in SET but it's it's a growing it's a growing problem in, in terms of the industry. Um, we see that obviously with COVID and, and all of the different technologies emerging, we have more digital payments and as such, then the fraud problem is also growing. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, right? So faster payments means faster fraud. Um, That's the belief, yeah. And and I think there's there's a lot of, because the, the European Commission has this push to um, with the instant payments regulation <laughs> and, and they want it to be the new normal, um, then there is the belief that um, faster payments will mean faster fraud or instant fraud. And the reason that is, is because, you know, there's less chance for recovery of the losses. Mm-hmm. If, the, if the funds are there instantly, then, then the fraudsters can get away with it um, instantly yeah. as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's also a trend that we've seen in the UK with faster payments. If we look at the statistics of authorized push payment fraud there, we see that as faster payments have grown in the UK as of uh, authorized push payments. So it's a trend that's repeating itself um, in other markets where we see real-time payments emerging, like in the US. Certainly something to look out for. uh, Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think the regulators were were very spot on in including this in, in the regulation in the recent proposal, the the big package, um, because you know they're they're also through providing a little bit of certainty, legal certainty, um, especially in the payment services regulation, the review of um, the the PSD two. We see that it becomes very clear that the European Commission sees this as a very 
a very fundamental thing that the industry has to do to collaborate and, and tackle fraud in a comprehensive manner. Absolutely, because it's a big financial loss to consumers. <clears throat> Absolutely. It's not just the financial aspect. And I think in the UK, again, it's one of the, the regions where this is coming up uh, a lot more in discussions. It's also got a big emotional and, and a, yeah. you know, a human aspect. It's a social it aspect, well. absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because it's not only the consumers now. Like, we see mm. a liability shift in, in many jurisdictions yeah. where the regulator is saying, well, you know, it's, it's, it's not only the consumers that have to bear the, the loss, but it's actually moving towards PSPs. Mm -hmm. And PSPs are now having to, for example, in France, uh, you have to refund uh, your customer within 24 hours when they report, a, they, they put a claim for fraud. And if you don't, then it starts to generate interest. It's, so it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's an example of how um, the liability is shifting from the consumers to to PSPs, so obviously this is a, a big financial impact. And that, that system is essentially getting expanded to Europe with, with PSR, so we have this liability shift away from the payer towards their payment service providers. It's, it's interesting that there's this big focus on payment service providers to um, essentially combat fraud, whereas a lot of the fraud is generated on social media, on, on, on telco, Absolutely. and it seems like there's a little bit less pressure. but. One of the things that I'm wondering, uh, and I'd like to get your views about it, does it create a moral hazard? Does it take away the, the, the breaks for consumers to be suspicious, to, to not um, yeah, be, be too aware of these frauds? Or? I think, you know, if, if you see the objectives of the European Commission's proposal, uh, one of them is obviously to strengthen um, customer SEA rules, uh, to, to, to offer tools, actually, the IBAN name check uh, to all credit transfers yeah. um, to their consumers. But they also include uh, security awareness. And, and I think it's, it's important that we look at it in a holistic manner because it's not, we can have all the tools, but the problem with fraud is that the, the, the modus, the, the threat vectors, it's mm. like cybersecurity, right? They change all the time. And we need to keep that dynamic and we need to be able to continue to educate mm -hmm. the consumers. We need to evolve the technology, of course, but it's 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 layering tools with it's it's yeah. having all the capabilities, the tools, the technology, the people, and uh, and obviously the processes and the the rules in this case, right? Yeah, it seems like a cat and mouse game. Right? Yeah, absolutely, as, as, exactly. As our technology gets more sophisticated to try to detect fraud, the fraudsters get more sophisticated as well. We've even seen. Uh, cases of deep fake artificial intelligence being used Absolutely. To, to generate fraud. So yeah, yeah they're, they're getting quite advanced. So to get back to this regulation, so we talked about instant payments, uh, or, or sorry, about uh, the payment services regulation, so yeah. the placement of PSD2, so they're a, a liability shift. But now with the instant payments regulation, there's also some uh, new things related to fraud. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's um, one of the mandatory components of, of the instant payments regulation is that PSPs will need to offer a uh, IBAN name alignment tool. Mm -hmm. And so in the industry, we call that confirmation of payee. Um, so actually EBA Clearing and, and the Euro Banking Association are, are, are the, the entity 
um, is uh, we've been working on fraud for a number of years now, and I think you know a lot of this came from the users of our systems and and from our community because they saw the the growing trend. They see this as a as an op not an obstacle but as a as a problem growing problem to move to instant payments. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, the the Euro Banking Association created a, a fraud taxonomy mm -hmm. and. Even, I mean, it, it sounds pretty simple, but actually when we're now able with the PSR to share fraud-related information between PSPs, the fact that we can literally call, use the same vocabulary, categorize the threats in a standard approach, that harmonization, that standardization mm -hmm. is going to make like communicating about fraud way more efficient and, and more cost-effective. So that was really welcomed by the community. Yeah. And then on the uh, on the clearing side, so on the payment system side, we have uh, been working a number of years now with the with the users on designing a functionality that will go on top of our instant payment system mm -hmm. RT1, and on top of our um, step two, which is our our SEPA retail payment system for credit transfers and direct debits, and so we'll be able to offer this functionality whereby uh, PSPs. Uh, will leverage the central view that we have from a network perspective, so the data of all those transactions, to be able to detect patterns and then spot anomalies. So it's called FPAD, Fraud Pattern and Anomaly Detection. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're very enthusiastic. The community is super enthusi enthusiastic about it because it actually works in complementary to their own tools because obviously banks... PSPs, they have a lot of information about their own customers, yeah. but now they will be able to complement that with information that you can gather from the network. So it's it's going to become a lot more um, effective and, and they're going to be able to combat a lot of uh, fraud that way. Absolutely. And I understand that the core principle is you know, data sharing using this common data that, that EBA clearing has to, to try to detect patterns of fraud. Yeah. Historic data, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that's that's an interesting one. It's been a challenge for a lot of banks when it comes to combating fraud. Because, mm -hmm. You know, they're open to sharing data, but on the other side, here in Europe, we have GDPR, we exactly. have data privacy. So exactly. how do we strike that balance in, on one side, combating fraud effectively, yeah. but on the other side, not going too far when it comes to data privacy yeah i so that was uh one of the things that the psr the payment service regulation addresses and mm -hmm. and i can tell you like psps were <laughs> super happy to they received this very positively because the fact that it's a regulation yeah. and, and not a directive which gets implemented mm -hmm. in in each member state means that they have the legal certainty that they need to share fraud related data amongst each other, yeah. um, uh, notwithstanding the GDPR requirements, the privacy requirements. And it makes it very clear that it's possible to share data amongst themselves, uh, fraud data, without being in yeah. non-compliance with GDPR and also Bank Secrecy Act mm -hmm. uh, or Bank Secrecy yeah. Principles. So, it you know, the, the, the commission has um, really given that, that legal comfort 
to PSPs, uh, so that that makes it possible for pan-European initiatives, so across all the different jurisdictions, to be able to to function, and that's yeah. that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely, and it's something that we've seen in our work uh, around fraud prevention as well is that there are challenges in Europe because different data privacy authorities interpret the regulation. Exactly. Or, or, uh, they give a the different flavor. Differently. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the laws are slightly different in each country. So having that legal, pan-European yeah. legal basis is certainly going to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's uh, that was really welcome. And, and we know that the fraudsters are sharing data amongst themselves. So we should be allowed to, to be in the same, the good guys should be allowed to be in the same level playing field. <laughs> Perfect. And with, with, so FPAD, you know, great project that EBA Clearing is working on. Is that already live today? Is that going live soon? What's, what's the timeline? Yeah, so, so we've been working, we're actually currently running a pilot mm -hmm. um, with nine banks from six different countries, small banks and, and big banks. So it's, it's a really nice um, group of people who are fraud experts and are really helping to shape the rules because it's rule-based and uh, sh uh, really shaping the, the model. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we've been running that uh, for a couple of months now and we've actually already have some, some views of where you can see uh, cases where using historic data at a network level proves to be very effective. So it's proving uh, the, the, the value. And we're going to be able to make that functionality available to everybody as from March of 2024. So excited to see the results. Yeah. So besides your role at EBA Clearing, you're also very active in EWPN. Can yes. you tell us a little bit more? What what is EWPN and what, what do you yeah. guys do? So um, so I'm yes I'm very active in everything that has to do with women empowerment and uh, actually diversity and inclusion. It's mm -hmm. been a uh, a part of my my mission, let's say, <laughs> uh, my personal mission, um, since I can remember, um, and so I took on a role as the Belgian ambassador of EWPN, so European Women Payments Network, mm -hmm. in 2019, end yep. of 2019. And obviously that was before the pandemic, just before the pandemic. <laughs> um, and then uh, into 2021, I moved up to the board. And basically what we do is it's, a, it's volunteers. So we're all, everybody who is part of the organization has full-time jobs. And what we do is we really try to bring together a community of people in the payments and fintech industry that believe in diversity and inclusion and that want to promote and create opportunities for people to diverse and uh, people to be part of the payments world uh, community and, and really shine a light to those role models that we have as well. Yeah, fantastic. And it's, it's great that you guys are, are doing that work and it's much needed. If, if businesses or individuals want to get involved and support this diversity agenda. What can, what can we do? Uh, what can we do to, to empower women in the workplace? Yeah, what can we do I, to improve diversity? I think, you know, like the reason why I, I um, cause I had, I had created Ms. Biz, which is a, a broader, it wasn't industry specific mm -hmm. um, network for women, for connecting and empowering women. And, and then I decided to, to shift my focus into very narrow, payments and the reason is because in the payments and fintech industry we still see 
a very little amount of women. And um, it's not only women, by the way, it's it's all types of diversity. And, and at EWPN, we promote all sorts of diversity. Um, you know, disability, gender, race, uh, LGBTQIA, all, all the type of, of, of um, diversity. And I think, you know, I'm not even going to try to make the case <laughs> for diversity and inclusion and why that's important, because I think at this stage, everybody Everyone understands agrees, yeah. <laughs> why there's a, a financial and economic incentive to do that. You're just also like going to have better organizations, happier organizations. And so I'm not... I'm going to go too much into that. But I think what we can do is a lot as mm -hmm. as leaders in our own organizations. We can create um, opportunities for people that are coming, you know, behind us and, and try to pass on those values of, of inclusivity, of giving people a voice, of listening to people that are different than us, hiring people that are different than us. And, and really creating a space where where people can be heard and um, sometimes they're gonna surprise you with the amazing <laughs> ideas that that they have that you wouldn't have thought of in a million years but the hiring can be a challenging part though because simply if we look at the CVs that we get in certainly in the in the tech industry it, it's not as balanced as, as we would like yeah. to see it and as yeah. diverse so. I think that's a very important point. Payments and fintech is seen as very uh, technical. Mm -hmm. And typically, women are not prone to apply to very technical roles, mm -hmm. even though I have seen amazing women in, in technical roles. For example, at EBA Clearing, our head of <laughs> operations is, is, is a woman. And I think what, why I, I, I do all of this because it is a lot of effort and it is, you know, on top of, of your day to day is because I want to, I, okay, and, and I know I'm like head of finance and head of regulatory, so that's typically a more female, like there is more female, but I want to create the visibility mm -hmm. that it's possible. Like I am from Honduras, I'm from, a, like it's a third world country. I'm, I was young when I entered the industry, uh, I'm a woman. And through sharing all of my stories, but being able to show, hey, you know, like it is possible to succeed in the industry and have a great career that is both fun and entertainment and fulfilling. And um, I'm in a company where I can live those values uh, just by creating the visibility. I think that has an impact and people think, OK, well, if she works there, then I might be able to have the same type of um, career. So it's it's you know through through creating the network and giving visibility to role models that already has an impact. So you have more women wanting to apply. Fantastic. And where can people find out more about EWPN? Uh, well, we have a website, uh, European Women Payments Network, EWPN.eu, and I mean social media, uh, LinkedIn. We're very active on LinkedIn, and we have an annual event every year. We just had it in October in Vienna, and it was just amazing. We're going to be publishing soon our wrap-up video, which is very cool, and it gives like the it really gives the 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 overview of of that sense of community and coziness and real human connections and authenticity, which is you know what we're all about. Fantastic! It was great having you on, Jess. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to After Hours by Red Compass Labs. If you've enjoyed this discussion and are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do follow us. 
to be informed about new podcasts coming up. That's all for this episode. See you next time.